Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 333. This is the uh, early morning coffee edition, since we are recording this very early because people got things to do today. I'm your host, Jordan Biordi, and joining me are my very sleepy panel of guests. We have the wonderful Krista Hook. Oh, no, I'm, I'm wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. I've been up since 6 a.m., brother. <laughs> oh, must be nice. What's sleeping in? I don't I don't know what that is. <laughs> you want to know what was that last, on the weekend? Uh, I felt so bad about myself because I, like, I didn't go to bed super, super late. Usually, like, my, my, like around the time I usually go, usually go to bed. And uh, it was, like, like, like midnight-ish. I slept until effing 11 o'clock. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I set my alarm for um for like nine and I was like, okay, you know, that's a good like sleeping in, you know, it's a weekend, I can get up and like, you know, do some stuff or whatever. I woke up at that time when my alarm went off. I closed I'm like I just closed my eyes, I'm like, okay, it's like, you know, just like ten more minutes. And then I woke like when I woke back up it was eleven o'clock. What year is it? <laughs> Did the experiment work? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was bad, but you know those days. Uh, I mean, I'll get enough of those days in the in the coming two weeks when I have to get up at uh, five o'clock in the morning to go to work. So I gotta enjoy it now. <laughs> <laughs> Essential life, yep. And and of course we have the uh, the equally sleepy Clement Go joining us. Nothing ring, rings in episode 333 like a cup of coffee and sounding like Barry White. 333? That's the wishing hour, man. Yeah, you got to make a wish. Isn't that always like 1111? <laughs> the 1111's making a wish. 333 is the witching hour. That's when like spooky stuff happens. Okay, thank God it's 1050 right now from where we're podcasting. But the episode could be an hour and a half of just lots of witching Man, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it have been cool if this this is the podcast that wound up on like Halloween? A very spooky one. We would have had something very scary. Wasn't that the whole point of uh, the the haunting of Emily Rose or whatever that movie was? That the person kept waking up at three thirty three. It wasn't because they started a podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> a a ghost themed podcast. Now, uh, Clement, you haven't been on the podcast in a little while. Uh, is there a new tradition or hazing? Well, Hopefully not hazing. There's something. Uh, so, so I'm glad. I'm glad you're back because before we uh, we get you know started with the news and stuff, there was something that that really, um, really uh, shook the the world that I think you know is is pertinent to you. So, uh, uh, Half Life Alex was. Apparently not receiving the mainstream attention that it so rightly deserves. Now, as CGM's resident VR specialist, maybe I thought you could weigh in on, on why it is that um, that people just don't seem to be um, giving you know the respect to this to this game. Like, is it is it because you know people just aren't ready to accept that you know the 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 deep immersion platform that is vr so we've gone from sleepy to antagonistic <laughs> yeah where was this going literally this how we wake up come, coming out swinging all right completely <laughs> leading like imagine you first wake up and then suddenly someone puts this on you maybe you would have the answers oh it's simple not everyone has vr that's my answer it's true it's, it was it was the That's most it. 
Like that's literally. I, 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 I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that that article because like literally every single person in the comments was just like, you know, it's like it'd be one thing if this was just like a game and it's like, oh yeah, it's Half Life. Like obviously, like you know, it it, it should be popular, but it's just like this is kind of. It's not that it's like a bad game. It's just that you need like a two to three thousand dollar machine to run it so it's like oh it's not getting this mainstream attention who could have seen this coming i guess you were talking to yourself there it's like well in, in other well, news the sky is blue turns out yes yeah. and water is wet water is wet and vr uh, it was is still immersive it made me laugh. It was like, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I gotta." <laughs> this this article is after Clement's own heart. Actually, I, should, like, I, I should... mean, I read it. It has a point. <laughs> still, we're gonna we're gonna find out secretly that like the author of that article um, was like Clement all along. <laughs> he was writing under a pseudonym. It's a ghost. I ghost think man. that article was actually just for telling people about it you know it wasn't exactly a backwards thing i would have loved if you came out like really defensive and just be like that article was that was the the citizen kane of our time (laughs) no words not mine people just can't accept vr it's too good somehow chat somehow viewers somehow listeners jordan is a lot more concerned about vr than i am and I'm the editor uh, too. <laughs> I, I just like I just like ragging on it. It's just, it's fun for me. <laughs> that's, that's how I get my. Uh, that's how I. That's how I justify waking up every day. It's just like how can I make fun of VR today? And it and it drives me. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there, but uh... <laughs> you might want to get that checked. Yeah. There's Not a sure lot of the psychological skill stuff for that. that. A lot Listen, of depressed so, emotions in the morning. We understand. Some people, some people go for runs. You know, some people, uh, you know, read the paper. I stew in my own hatred. <laughs> <laughs> and he brings it on a morning podcast. Perfect. Every, every, every. <laughs> you know, you know how people have those. It's like those new, like, like fitness mirrors that you could like work out in, and there's like a personal trainer in it. I have one of those, but it's it's just Emperor Palpatine. He's just like, let the hate flow. <laughs> I can imagine you just sweating, staring angrily at the mirror in the mornings and getting rid of that ring fit adventure. Just <laughs> stand there like, <laughs> I'm the best oh, Nintendo Switch God. fan. I'm the best. <laughs> There's no one else. <laughs> Insult VR. Do it. <laughs> ring fit. Oh, Suddenly oh, Samara God. comes through that mirror with another ring fit. You're yeah, hoping just to get another to one. You're <laughs> hoping to sell that together. one for a thousand bucks. People still like Last you know, of you know Us 2. Um... Talk them out of it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Your Palpatine voice is somehow really impressive. Years of practice. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of um, Star Wars and the like, we had uh, a fairly big announcement uh, today. Or that uh, today, <laughs> this week. Um, so we saw that the the establishment of Lucasfilm Games, um, which is, I guess, is like some sort of like uh, sister of the old like Lucas Games or Lucas Arts. 
and it seems to me like this is going to be you know while while you know lucas gate or lucas arts was kind of its own thing um this is just sort of more like a i guess just a uh you know a brand that several different publishers are going to start publishing under clement you wrote the article so why don't you fill us in a little bit on it yeah, things a lot has changed. Every like the Force Awakens pretty much changed Star Wars forever because it reinvigorated the entire franchise. The fact that Lucasfilm Games was established as like this dedicated publisher slash studio to make future Star Wars games is a huge sign that a lot of people are demanding more content like games. So for me, as a, like a diehard Star Wars fan, I was very happy to see that Lucasfilm Games was established to bring some of that interactive content for that. And I was just talking about this yesterday with a couple of people where, you know, that division has some big potentials, especially with all the companies uh, outside of EA too that they're bringing in to make more Star Wars games, right? And it pretty much just means every year you could be getting a new Star Wars game under this Lucasfilms title because it shows that not only are these games getting direct or partial funding from Disney, they're also getting the direct assets like uh, movie clips, uh, in-universe items, and other things that make the Star Wars games as dedicated as they can be. So there's kind of like a new resolve as soon as they announce Lucasfilm games. So that means for Star Wars fans, it's a lot better because not only are they pushing for quality, but I think as much for quality as well, quantity as well. Because with Lucasfilm games, not only are they saying, okay, here's our new studio for future Star Wars games, we're also acknowledging that current Star Wars games are a part of this label too. So this label is going all out and saying that everything that's mentioning Star Wars will be a part of Lucasfilm Games. It's going to be something that's a huge pipeline, huge undertaking, I admit. There's going to be some couple of mistakes, hopefully not a lot, since that whole Battlefront 2 debacle changed the industry a lot. I yeah. just have nothing but good things to say about Lucasfilm Games. I'm optimistic about it. Yeah, I guess I guess that might just be uh, where maybe where I fall on the opposite side. I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. I'm skeptical uh, about it just because you know um, I like the fact that there's you know that there's the kind of like a like a like a main like tent pole sort of um, publishing house that's going to be or or at least just like a brand name that's going to be like on these these games. But I know that like Disney has been very hands off when it comes to uh it's like game division um, absolutely they usually left this as a third party thing they pretty much disney gave them the permission to use the rights and assets of star wars and let them take the wheel essentially this really does put disney in control over a lot of the projects to make sure that i guess things are more star warsy well, I don't. I don't even know if it's if it's just about that. It's more my concern that like I don't like Disney doesn't really seem to care about video games because I remember even when um, Star Wars Battlefront Two came out, like in its first iteration before everyone lot like you know like rightly got mad about how like pay to win it was. Like at the time, um, I th- uh, who is it? Um, uh, not not Michael Eisner, Bob Iger. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically said like he's like there's nothing wrong with it like we thought it, we think it's fine like so 
as long as it's like you know his whole i know his whole like mantra is just like making make money first and if you make good stuff second that's that's you know that's all well and good um so that you know that's why it's kind of like i don't know where like you know part of me was wondering like uh, like wondering what like whether or not this even was like going through disney in any uh capacity because i mean even 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 extending past um star wars right like if you look at you know just even you know um the marvel's avengers game like disney disney owns marvel it owns all this stuff but like they kind of side like you know they're so like i even even inadvertently their seal of approval is on that game and i think a lot like the the public consensus thus has become that like that you know it's not the best game out there that's that's wearing the marvel avengers license on it so um my my whole my whole thing too thinking about this i was thinking a lot about this last night and uh it's just like it it just seems to me like it's it's all well and good to sort of have a brand name to like rally all this content under but it's see it's like is is it just going to be the same you know four studios making the content anyway right like it's like you know uh, you know, obviously, you know, and I, and I know I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch the, uh, you know, the, the, the slings and arrows over this, but it's just and like, like <laughs> is, is there, you know, what are the odds that, that, like, someone's gonna say, hey, Nintendo, make us a Star Wars game? Like, <laughs> can you imagine? Like, that'd be interesting. That'd be, yeah. that'd that would be amazing. Be yeah, very particular. You know, it, or even like. Even yeah. like with like like indie studios, right? Like it's just like you know, because I was thinking about it. It's just like it's like the same way that like you know. um uh, Nintendo sort of like reached out to to the makers of Crypt of the Necrodancer and was like, "Here, make make a Zelda version of this." Like, <laughs> like it's like that. I, I I don't feel like that's gonna happen, right? It's just gonna it's gonna keep it all in house, you know, and and keep it within like the big you know the big three, right? And and we're already we're already seeing like the signs of this, like like you know, uh, just yesterday we got the announcement that uh, that Ubisoft is making a, an open world star Wars game. And that to me is, does not inspire any confidence. <laughs> like it depends I on saw... the studio you like, you don't like it's, it's subjective, right? There are Ubisoft fans well... who do credit them for uh, making open world games. They might not be the best, but they have done their own formula, which they could be applying from things like Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, and Mortal Rising Phoenix with the Star Wars filter on top. So there's definitely a lot of things from the Star Wars universe at play where that they can factor into these Ubisoft open world elements. Of course, we don't know much of this yet. It's also like you said, Jordan, usually Disney, you're absolutely right that Disney is usually hands off with these projects too, that a lot of the control was in the hands of the developers and the publishers now is lucasfilm games disney's way of saying they're stepping in that they're starting to pay attention to video games i mean hopefully that's what that hopefully that's the case uh with this announcement right like having something like the story group for your overarching story but just for the games like I'd, I'd like to think this means that they're doing some kind of oversight and actually paying attention like you say but yeah, yeah, Disney Chris. Disney as a whole though has definitely shown its whole ass with 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 video games still over the last decade or so. Like they seem to get fed up with it and just kind of hacked everything off. Like they had the whole Disney Infinity line going, and they just kind of threw the hat in on that, like on a on a at the drop of a dime. 
And one of the most interesting things about Lucasfilm Games is how it's not just EA anymore that's going to be spearheading a lot of these Star Wars games. Formerly, of course, you guys know Jedi Fallen Order, Battlefront 2, Star Wars Squadron, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and a lot of other games in the pipeline <laughs> have been from Electronic Arts because of some kind of exclusivity or unspoken exclusivity. Now Lucasfilm Games is kind of turning around saying, okay, we should give other studios a chance to do something like this, and which is better even though it's not uh even though companies like ubisoft are making a star wars game right not everyone was expecting that at the same time it does show that disney is willing to give the ip and they're opening this up to other studios now here's one name that i'm wishing is in the pot as well i am hoping bioware can take advantage of this deal with lucasfilm games to create something special as well because obviously i don't think disney ignores bioware for what they did with the old republic series or other things that they could be doing that fans have demanded for a long time this is a great opportunity for things like uh, other studios like maybe even indie nintendo bioware the sky's the limit from there of course ea is still going to be in this they have a couple of titles in the pipeline still it just means more content for star wars fans like me to eat up See, like Bio Bioware is the whole reason why I'm kind of like this is like I'm kind of ambivalent on this. Like it, it's it, it is nice to see that, that that they might be having like a like an oversight board, but at the same time, the people I want to work on Star Wars most are Bioware, and EA has them, and they haven't utilized them at all for Star Wars in the last what eight years of this exclusive deal, minus keeping the lights on for Old Republic, the the MMO. So like I'm like yeah, this is this is great. This is a great opportunity, and hopefully some other studios get brought in, and hopefully there's like a, there's a consistency and fall in order keeps going and all that stuff. But like I've been waiting eight years for them to do something with Kotor, <laughs> like and they still yeah, haven't done it. So where do you think like, they? Yeah. Where do you think Bioware can go next with Lucasfilm games? Hopefully, it's just something as simple as like even even just porting Kotor to, to more modern consoles. Because like personally. I have it for Xbox and my old Xbox does like won't keep its tray shut and my 360 won't run it for some reason. So it'd be nice to get it like on a on modern consoles. I'd like that. Yeah. Even Speaking if it's just a straight up port, if they, if they want to slap some like a coat of paint on it or change things up like they're doing with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, all the better. But Speaking of which, I don't know this for sure, but I think Disney was actually looking at this deal for a while. They had Lucasfilm games in the planning ever since next generation of consoles was coming like ps5 xbox series x of course maybe the next nintendo console disney has definitely been thinking about uh putting in more content since like the ps4 days right they saw how things worked out for ea and relatively the games sold well okay like after battlefront 2 there was this kind of streisand effect that happened where everyone knows about star wars games now or there's just been a lot more demand for them from the community since the whole franchise was reinvigorated of course now you're getting more tv shows books comics and has to be games now especially when there's like a new generation of games coming so i think the lucasfilm games announcement earlier this week comes awfully close to people still trying to get their hands on a ps5 console by the time everyone has one Here's when Disney's going to be ready with a bunch of next-gen Star Wars games. That's the other thing, too, with, with this deal, is that, like, everyone always talks about how, how we used to get so many more Star Wars games all the time, and, like, but not people tend to forget that a lot of them weren't very good. A lot of them are kind of half, like, slapped together, or, like, 
wasn't like consistent quality. Like for every KOTOR, we got a bunch of like, you know, generic racer spinoffs or something like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for more quantity of Star Wars games. I love it. But at the same time, I want to make sure that bar is still there, right? Like I want, I want more Fallen Orders and less Battlefront 1s. Yeah, I think okay. uh, the bar is pretty low since Battlefront 2 came out. And for me, a part of me thinks that it was a good thing that it happened for how companies have changed since then. It set a bad precedent for itself. And since then, there haven't been much games that took on that same model. For Star Wars games, it's a benefit because Disney clearly knows and especially ea they're aware that they can't go back that route it only gets better from there especially for a lot of other franchises like you said chris and sorry jordan whereas speaking of other franchises as well right of course lucasfilm isn't just the guys responsible for star wars they're responsible for other ips like indiana jones as well so it was a bit of a surprise for me to see that bethesda the makers of doom wolfenstein and current uh elder scrolls games are working on indiana jones games so right now i'm just thinking about how all those mechanics from their previous games are going to factor into something where you have a whip slinging harrison ford going around punching nazis <laughs> Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to see what they do with that too, right? Because like since we've since Indiana Jones last had a movie, like uh, Uncharted came along, the Tomb Raider reboots came along. Like, there's a lot of room for them to do in Indiana Jones, but like, are, are people just gonna think it's like another Uncharted clone? That was, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what Bethesda brings to it with their specific skill set. Yeah, is that what you're seeing it look like? Your vision of the Bethesda working on Indiana Jones? That's not necessarily what I'm thinking of, but like that's like the or that was my main takeaway from Uncharted and Tomb Raider, right? It was like this is clear, like there's a clear Indiana Jones inspiration here. Like e even the old Tomb Raider games, like there was a clear inspiration there. So to see them really step into uh, the gaming arena, like there's been Indiana Jones games, like I've, I don't think I've ever actually played any, but you know, there's the the hardware now is in a, is, is in a spot where you can really do a cinematic event worthy of the movies so yeah, yeah. curious like but. well and you know don't don't um i mean don't don't be confused right like it's not bethesda is just publishing um right the indiana yeah. jones game like, right. it's machine right. games who are developing it. and machine games really are most well known for the you know the new wolfenstein series so um if you know this is this is the thing um kind of like kind of like with uh you know when, when, when people were sort of speculating about cyberpunk right where it's like you have a studio like cd project red that up until that point had really only made these you know third person fantasy like melee kind of like you know action gay rpgs and then it's just like well, how is that going to translate to a first-person, you know, open-world driving, uh, you know, shooter RPG, right? Do you have a company that's most, you know, has their, you know, everything that they've made so far has been a first-person shooter, you know, with some light RPG elements. And now they're going to make an Indiana Jones game, which, I mean, you could maybe make a first-person Indiana Jones game, Um Exactly. I, I, I couldn't, exactly. I couldn't see that being bad, but like, you know, I, I guess you know to speculate that it's going to be like some uncharted like 
game is probably pretty pretty far off from what these guys are are comfortable with doing i mean you know not not to discredit them in any way i'm sure they're all very talented guys you know and and ladies who uh could probably you know could probably do it but it's just like you know when you have a certain system that you've been working with for so long it's just like how do you just like up and change everything right they could be out of their element which is exactly where i was going with this as well Uh, i think Mm -hmm. and a first person indiana jones game could work yeah i don't see why not just so long as there's a button for me to grab my hat at some point that that's the only thing you really need we don't know what format it's in remember when respawn said they were working on uh on medal of honor people thought it was going to be first person it is first person they're not wrong everyone thought it was going to be a core game for consoles but it turned out to be vr what's stopping these guys from making indiana jones for vr if it's first person um probably winging a whip you know mass adoption they they want to make money on this (laughs) that being said that would would be kind of a cool vr thing i'll I'll admit like uh super cool in vr (laughs) but uh like 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 vader immortal but uh make it indiana jones like would you guys be surprised if bethesda's game would be Indiana Jones game would be in VR because they did that with Doom. They did that with Wolfenstein. A lot of their IPs I, actually Skyrim. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they did it like later on, like you know, afterwards. It's just like a fun little, hey, we also did this, right? But like, yeah, it's not going to be their like flagship launch on this one. Yes. And sorry, Chris, you just brought up Vader Immortal. And of course, for Lucasfilm games, a lot of their services extend to uh, Industrial Light and Magic lab who actually pretty much made their own division for like making games as well right but in the vr section of things so for the lucasfilm games deal to come out not only are you getting potential games like indiana jones but you're getting more things for vr for people I just wanted to note that as well well actually that, that, that brings me to another kind of related point too like i've been watching the the gallery mandalorian episodes on disney plus like the behind the scenes stuff from season one Oh yeah, and they're talking about how they use game engine stuff in the volume, like the the three D soundstage thing that they use to film most of the Mandalorian. So like maybe like, maybe there's gonna be some kind of connection there, just kind of yeah, cropping, maybe. or comparing notes between divisions of Lucasfilm and Disney. Yeah, I mean, side, side a, yeah, Industrial Light and Magic, they're really talented guys. They've worked on Star Wars and they've worked on franchises outside of there. A lot of most of the special effects, cutting edge stuff you see could come from industrial light and magic. So the fact that they're finally working their muscles for video games is something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there's like we don't we don't have enough information about anything right now to 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 do any you know to, to do anything else but like speculate. Um, but like my, I you know, I just I I have a lot of concerns, right? Because you know, I've seen the way that this this industry works, and um, you know, the the fact that like it's like it would have been one thing if like you know there was you know the, this studio got announced and then they sort of had these like surprise like you know nobody expected to have like you know this this developer to be like um making a star wars game or an indiana jones game but they gave it like like the two the two studios thus far that are working on star wars games are some of the biggest like money makers in the industry so <laughs> like it's it's like you know it's just like yeah the the, mon- the monopoly keeps on turning doesn't it well and so um, what kind of studios would you be happy to see make a star wars game with lucasfilm games or any kind of game with lucasfilm games i honestly i don't i don't know this is what i mean like or trust a studio 
Well, for, oh, for, for inspiration, Devolver Digital and, uh, and a few other companies were, were throwing out tweets to the past couple I days. I want to make you a want, Star Wars game. You want, you want to do a Star Wars, so like... Devolver Digital would make the best Star Wars game. <laughs> they literally have not, like, put out a bad game yet. And, like, and even, like, yeah, the stuff that they've published, like, they've just worked with so many, so many good developers. Um I I, I I don't know if Capcom maybe Capcom has not let me down. Devil May Cry uh, with lightsabers. Capcom has let you down. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Monster Hunters. Have, all the Monster Hunters so far have been pretty good. Uh, yeah, Devil May Cry have been pretty good. Um, Resident Evil. I mean, they changed. Like, yeah, model. okay. Six and six, five or uh, yeah, is it five and six were were hot garbage. Let's you know, let's not. Uh, and, and then of course there was. Um, there was the stupid Umbrella Chronicles or whatever the hell that that game was. <laughs> the Umbrella Soldiers, the horrible game that nobody wanted. Um, <laughs> but you know, but Capcom's track record has been a lot more hits than misses. You know, um, they they you know they corrected the they corrected the ship on Resident Evil with seven. Um, you know, uh, yeah, okay. There, ha- there hasn't been a real, uh, you know, a proper Mega Man game in a while, but Mega Man uh, Eleven, I think, was like a really, really awesome game. Um, and even like, you know, some of the stuff that you wouldn't expect to be good, like Resident Evil Revelations, when it first came out on the 3DS, it was awesome. Oh, it was Revelations was great. Yeah, good. that's what I mean. Like, it's just like you know, like they 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 put out more good content than bad, and realistically, like they're not, you know. They're not as bad when it comes to like you know the the predatory nature of the of the industry. You know, I I will forever call Capcom out on the the you know the the bullcrap thing that they did with Monster Hunter World, where they they tried to score points before it was uh, launched by saying, "Oh, there's not going to be any loot boxes in it." But then you know they like front loaded it with like stupid like emotes and costumes and stuff that all cost like ten dollars a piece, like. It's oh yeah no it's just like anyone who 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 tried to score points were being like we're not gonna have uh, loot boxes and, and then just they they put other forms of microtransactions <laughs> in their game like it's just you know like I said the monopoly keeps on turning um, but like yeah Capcom like Capcom could make a good Star Wars game Capcom could make a good Star Wars game like it's like I'd love to see like like a Monster Hunter style Star Wars game where you're just That's, like taking on yes. big old beasts and whatnot yeah like a jedi going around an open world looking for like different or new monsters that you see and from the series there's tons because star wars is all about going around the galaxy right so it would work for monster hunter except you're going to different planets like i don't know sega maybe (laughs) sega's put out some good stuff I, I'd say Bungie because I have this this pipe dream of a Destiny style oh. Star Wars game. Oh yeah! Oh man! Now you're reaching out. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, cool. I don't see that happening. But that'd be I I'd, I would still love like a Mandalorian themed Destiny game where you're hopping planets and doing stuff like that. But again, that's another live service game. People will will push back on that. So. Well, but you know what? But that's the thing is like the first, you know, you look back at the first Destiny where Bungie like did it like on their own sort of like with like, well, you know, while they were still at like Microsoft mm-hmm. and the first Destiny really isn't that bad. Like I, I actually did genuinely enjoy the first Destiny. Like, like it was like, yeah, it, you know, it had those live service elements, but it wasn't so like hard on like, you know, like the like pay to play kind of thing. It really wasn't until, um, 
Activision took over and like, you know, kind of like mandated that they had to put all this, you know, really horrible crap in it because that's the stuff that was making money, right? Like, um, and that's and then that's what I mean. Like, like, like years after when 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 Bungie like broke away from Activision and started like fixing all the stuff that was in um but uh Destiny 2, like like I had a couple I had a couple guys that I worked with who started playing Destiny 2 like a year ago. And they were like just like going on and on about how like good it is and how fun it is. And I like it it genuinely made me mad. <laughs> because I was just like, I was like, you guys don't even know like you guys sit there now and talk about how great it is and how like like how balanced it is and everything like that i'm just like but it's just like that's that's not how it launched and i was there when it launched and that was not my experience with the game like so it's great that you know two years after the fact or like or 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 four years after the fact it like you know finally became a a playable fun game but it's just like you know if if Bungie was doing it by themselves, I could see a, a like a Destiny style Star Wars game being a lot of fun. Um, but like, you know, th- th- this is my th- this is my whole thing is that like I, you know, it's just I uh, personally like you know we were you know we we're naming names in the industry like you know but and, and all we're thinking of are are really like big like AAA studios for the most part, right? Like, I would love I would really really love to see you know just like competent indie devs being like given the chance to do things like like star wars or um indiana jones or even like wasn't wasn't willow a lucas yep project yep yeah so like willow like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yes star wars is such a huge universe and you you can tell stories on so many different levels and so many little niches of this massive galaxy so it would it would be great to see indie devs come in and every little thing Yes, every little thing from Star Wars is so big that it could be its own game mechanic. Uh, you know where I think the Lucasfilms game could go, though? You know how Disney has worked with studios like Square Enix before? They partnered to straight up make Kingdom Hearts, which is pretty unique in how they blended Final Fantasy with other elements. What's stopping Square Enix from working with Lucasfilm games for a Final Fantasy game with Star Wars? Don't, don't, don't give me hope. Um. <laughs> you're reaching out we're that's, really digging that's that's too much that's too much for my heart to handle don't Final give me hope. fantasy with star wars is something that i actually could see going jordan i want to know you think square enix could be on this lucasfilm games pipeline um i mean probably but you know i i i refer you to marvel's the avengers <laughs> i was waiting, I was waiting. <laughs> I was, yeah you know that was Square Enix too, and they oh, you know they Crystal Dynamics all... specifically. So I mean, well, okay, yeah, yeah, was, that that is true. I guess okay, that, I guess that's fair. But Square Enix was 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 there. They knew what they were up to. Um, um, you know, it's 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 the same. It, you know, it kind of is the same thing. Like uh, you know, as much as as much as I I like to you know have have hope and have faith, like. You know, I just, I see, I mean, I, I've seen too much in this industry, you know, because even like, even with, uh, you know, between like Square and, uh, and, and, um, um, not, uh, not Crystal Dynamics. Um, what game was it about? Eidos? Uh, Deus Ex. Yeah, with, uh, with Eidos, right? Like, you know, they, the first Deus Ex or like the, the remake Deus Ex was like, you know, was so good. And then the second one, 
you know, once, you know, once like, again, we were, we were living through the, the, the loot box era, you know, square, it wasn't, it wasn't Eidos's idea to, to put a bunch of like, you know, like, like loot box, not like loot box style stuff, but like, you know, like, like sort of pay to win microtransactions in, um, um, uh, uh, was it not, not Mankind Divided? Um, it was the, the sequel. You know, I don't think Mankind Divided, the second game, got a sequel. No, no, um, was it Mankind Divided or Human Revolution? Human Revolution, oh, no, two of the reboot games that existed. Then you got the I mobile guess, one. I guess, oh, no, I guess it was, it was Mankind Divided. Sorry, Human, Human Revolution was the first one. Yeah. Mankind Divided was the second one. Sorry, I was getting confused. Um, yeah, like they, you know, like Square Enix, like told Eidos very last minute to put in like a crappy multiplayer mode and like, you know, to put in like these, like, like the things that like required microtransactions to sort of like be more effective to play. Like the fact that there was even like dumb stuff, like, like, like being able to buy upgrades with like actual money. Like, yeah, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't Eidos's idea, right? That was all Square Enix. So, like, as much as Square Enix is an industry darling for, you know, for its RPGs, like, it, they're not above doing, you know, shady stuff. And that's kind of why I get worried with this stuff. I know I've been super negative this whole this whole time and been kind of pessimistic about it, but it's just like, it's like when you have a property that's, like, as huge of a moneymaker as, um, as Star Wars, like, it's it's impossible for me to look at this, 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 uh, this new, like, you know, tentpole for star Wars games and, and, and you know, Lucasfilm properties, some of these beloved properties that are going to make, be making money hand over fist and not see these, these triple a developers just like totally like licking their chops over how they're going to like implement, you know, things that will make them boatloads of money. Right. Like, that's the part that makes me worried the most because like there is such, there is such a, there is such an avenue to do it. And there's already been precedent set for it too. Right. Like I know it's like, you know, it's, it's easy to dunk on Activision for, for, you know, for them or, or EA for, you know, for them being EA, but it's just like, they weren't above, you know, front loading a star Wars game with, with loot boxes and pay to win mechanics. So like, it just, it, it, it makes me worried, man. <laughs> <laughs> It does, but you know what? Like you know, again, like you know, playing through, um, you know, just I mean, having just started playing the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, not too long ago, you know, um, I I can see where there is hope. There is, you know, there is potential, and as much as I want to believe that good things will come of this, um, I I just I have to I have to be. I have to be as as cautiously optimistic as possible. That, that's safe. I mean, high expectations are kind of dangerous in the world we live in now. Like, people expect a lot of things from a Star Wars movie, and then they go into it, and it's not exactly what they expected, and they hate it for for not being pulled out of their own mind, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's always wise to kind of temper your expectations, I think. But uh, I'm I'm. I'm I'm trying to take it as a positive sign. It's not just in EA's corner anymore. Like there are more opportunities and that, that in itself can be, can be a pretty optimistic thing. Yeah. Star Wars is a real fighting chance now. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, 
it it definitely always did right like it was there was never like a want for star wars stuff right like even the bad star wars games still kind of made money right because it's like it's star wars people are going to go out and get it yeah like battlefront one was shallow but had a good like engine because <laughs> they basically yeah different for battlefront 2 and battlefront 2 even turned itself around after they took the loot boxes out like they updated it for years and added a lot of great content too. That's a pretty solid package in itself now. So, yeah, because you know Disney, you know they... yeah, because Disney owns most of the Star Wars properties at this point, they could get any studio to revive things like the Force Unleashed, Rogue Squadron, even the Tie Fighter series if they wanted to. Knights of the Old Republic, please. Kotor, literally begging. I would. <laughs> you know, you know what they should do. Um, they should they should let uh. Koei Tecmo make like a Musou game with Star Wars. Oh my god, you're reading out. Imagine uh, Ninja doing Ninja Gaiden but with lightsabers. Oh, that would be cool. Jedi Warriors. Possibility. You know what? No. Give it it to Super Giant. Hades was so fucking good. Let's let's let them make a Star Wars something. Why not both? (laughs) A roguelike Star Wars game. Oh my god, yeah, that, that would be cool. That could that's so easy to do that. Why hasn't that been a thing yet? Unless the um what was it, Shadows of the Empire was a little bit like that. Remember that no, on uh, no. Shadows that, I wouldn't say that was roguelite. That was just um just bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fun, fun fact actually, um that that game is the reason that we got the Star Wars prequels. You, you don't really yeah um apparently from from uh, i remember like it was a thing where like basically uh like lucas arts and like george lucas they like they put that game out sp- at the time that they did specifically to see if there was still like like mass interest in star wars and because it like sold as well as it did and it was kind of like fairly highly reviewed at the time for like what it was um like you know the like lucas films was kind of like well okay apparently like you know, a lot of people still want star wars stuff like maybe we should make some more movies and that's what sort of like kick-started the uh the prequel trilogy yeah i definitely saw that happening with the force awakens now we have lucasfilm games and a potential for any studio to go on that franchise like it's open season I'm I'm still just picturing Muso Star Wars with Yoda running around cutting people yeah. down. Uh, <laughs> or is oh, Can you imagine a Republic Commando two happening with this? Hey, I mean, next that's a little bit now. It's it's not just an EA's wheelhouse anymore. So anyone can really pitch to them now. I guess, I suppose. Yeah, a lot of these in demand games have a chance of coming to life because of this. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Like, it's like even like just like thinking about like Nintendo. Like imagine like a Zelda style indiana jones game or like a a a a a fire emblem style like star wars game Uh, a jedi tries to regain his memories by killing every alien thing he sees that sounds like jedi fallen order as well (laughs) yeah and also please don't let jedi fallen order fall by the wayside uh because i really want a sequel to that it has such great potential to open up where it left oh, off sure i think at some point it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when that sequel is coming out Oh yeah, no. It, it, it's probably they're probably working on it still. Like or like they probably started working on it right after. Fingers crossed, anyways. 
I mean, because it, it, I mean, again, like it, it made money and it was highly reviewed. So like, there's like, there's, you know, no reason why a sequel wouldn't happen. It's a good game. And they pioneered, well, uh, let's say a Souls-like game for Star Wars there. I don't think they're going to stop there. No, they, they I, I could see it. And it's just like, you know, it's, it, it's still funny to me that it's just like, you know, like, especially after Battlefront 2. You know, it's just like how do we how do we how do we revive Star Wars so people don't hate it like hate us anymore? Well, we'll just make Dark Souls. Everyone likes Dark Souls, <laughs> and we all ate it up. Job's done. Well, it, Everyone it, it, was saying, "Shut up and take my credits." It, it, it was Souls, and it was also a bit of that like Uncharted Tomb Raider feel. There was like there's a lot of like elements. People called it like a Metroidvania too, which like, I can kind of see. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of going on in that series, and it all worked well with the license too. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I think I still love to see just like a like a, a straightforward like kind of like brawler like like the old school things because I mean like I know I know Force Unleashed gets a lot of crap yeah and it, it it's 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 definitely a rough game to sort of go back to but I still I still enjoy it I think it did a lot of really cool things. Oh, it's a cult classic. Everyone loves the Force Unleashed. You ask anybody about how they felt about it, and people loved feeling powerful being that guy. Oh man, the yeah. part where you where you freaking pull a star destroyer out of yeah. the sky—that was awesome. That's the stuff that I want to see in next gen. I'm I'm a little wary of like power fantasy type stuff of that now, but just seeing how people like backlashed against like certain characters in the sequel trilogy, but. It was it was undoubtedly fun to play. I just I don't want too much of that. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah, want but I think like, pull the Death Star onto a planet. I wouldn't end well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that would be awesome. Never mind. Like, I think that like, that's that's the difference, right? I think. I mean, I because you know, obviously, people are stupid. So, like, you know, the the, the whole like power fancy thing, like, like, you know, it. It 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 you know, it's it's not it's not an argument that really holds up in relation to the like you know uh pro, or the 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 new like trilogy, um, just because it's like people don't understand like why things are the way they are. I'm not gonna get into it now, um, <laughs> but I think um I think like in you know in relation to something like like uh like the Force Unleashed, part of what made it work was just the fact that it was just so over the top, like it was just like so nuts. That like you 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 kind of suspend that disbelief, right? Like it's like it's one thing if it's just like oh like you know um, this this part of the story that doesn't make sense, but all of a sudden this guy can just do this now is like it's one thing, but it's just like when you're like from from moment one you're like pulling tie fighters out of the sky and whipping them at people like <laughs> there's there's no like there's no confusion as to what this is like this is just nuts <laughs> it's funny because a game like this exists think azura's wrath but with star wars and, and less qtes <laughs> please i love the sewer's wrath i'm not even gonna lie but that game is just oops all qtes <laughs> And completely over the top. There's nothing more over the top than Azure. Oh my god! If you got, you guys gotta do your research. For oh that. my god! It's uh, it's so the, the only slightly only marred ever so slightly by the fact that they with uh, see again. Okay, sorry. So this is this is this is an example of Capcom being not the best. Um, was it Capcom or was it Sega that did this one? Who did Azure's Wrath? I think I think it was I think it was Capcom. I think so. Uh, only capcom yeah. get something like that yeah it was so oh my god so for for you youngins who don't remember because this game came out in 2012 um 
Capcom withheld the ending of this game. The game ends on a cliffhanger, and they released the proper ending as DLC. Oof. As paid DLC. That's 2012 for you, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it was so stupid. I think later, like, they would later release, like, a complete edition that actually came with the ending, but, like, the damage was done. Um... Oh, yeah, but yeah, no, th- that game was just, it's so crazy. There's a part where, where a guy has, like, a Sephiroth sword, but, like, you're fighting on the moon, and then he, like, punches you into space, like, hurling towards the Earth, and then he, like, goes to stab you with his Sephiroth sword, but it, like, just keeps growing and just, like, impales the Earth also. <laughs> You're not making this up, are you? So I'm not. No, it is so. I played that game to the end. I loved it so much. Um, but it is nuts. That's the so Force Awakens you, for you. Oh my god, yeah. That's I, that's that's the kind of Force Awakens game I want to see. I want to see that level of great. I want to see Darth Vader fighting you on the moon, and his lightsaber just starts growing at like infinitum. <laughs> Darth Vader is Sephiroth. Here's yeah, oh why I keep thinking that Final Fantasy is going to play some part in this Lucas Games deal. There is so much to ig- not ignore oh. here. I would, I would, I would love and maybe hate that because uh, I just, oh. <laughs> I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Tetsuro Nomoya get his hands on these things because uh, the guy, he 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 makes his stories, man, and just. They're so, <laughs> they're so exhausting. <laughs> I, I started replaying Kingdom Hearts 2 again recently. And I was just like, like, I was just like, why did I ever think this was good? It was good at its time. I don't think it's. No, it wasn't. Chris. Uh, no, it wasn't. I thought it was, but that's a. Even at it's. Yeah. yeah. You thought it was good. The same reason I thought it was good because we were fucking 15 years old and we didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was in for the Final Fantasy character showing up, to be honest. That's why I'm playing. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's why, I, I don't understand why they didn't show up in three. Did, they, know, did any Final Fantasy characters show up in three? I think, if I'm understanding correctly, they might have had a brief impact on the epilogue DLC, but I don't I don't know for sure. Because that's what I I, I I was thinking about that. I was like, this was such an integral part of Kingdom Hearts, and then like three came out and i didn't see anyone talking about like um you know any like final fantasy characters or likes or like even even there was that there was that brief moment in uh in dream drop distance where like the characters from uh the world ends with you show up but they just show up in cutscenes. they don't actually do anything because that game like was built incredibly differently um but even just the fact that they were there was kind of neat yeah Seeing Sephiroth and Cloud in the arena already, I think, what was this, Kingdom Hearts 2? It was, like, already mind-blowing. Well, 1 and 2, right? Sephiroth was a big-time secret boss in 1 and and 2. Like, he was, I think he's regarded as the hardest boss in the game. believe so, yeah. It's been a while. I've Part of why I, I, I didn't play Kingdom Hearts 3 is because I was trying to replay through 1 and 2, and I obviously fell off after one because it has not aged well no they're exhausting <laughs> two i think two two's a lot better in terms of the combat but all oh, that story man oh boy <laughs> i love nomura it, but uh but, but, but i see what you're getting at yeah you know and then, and then it's just it's just it's so funny to go back to it now also like after like the, like everything has come sort of come out about it and it's just like to really see how 
like how like non-essential to the game the like disney element is like the really is like they all the disney worlds add nothing to the story yeah it's been a while i'm blank i I don't i'm just thinking of in in one like it's yeah they're barely relevant i guess it's just it's kind of scenery and the kind of relates to like the bigger issues that Sora's going through but yeah, yeah there for, I mean, one, I think one, one is one is the only one where I would say like the, the 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 whole like Disney connection like kind of works because yeah, like it's like that's that's kind of the setting of the game and the whole point of it. Like it, at, at, when it is sort of existed by itself was like you know the need to sort of go to these worlds and and like lock them from the darkness. Um, and it could have just been left at that, right? Like, but as it as it went on it's just hoof <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think i, I, I think nomara is better off when he doesn't have that long to play uh like the, the longer his stories go on the longer they spiral and eat their own tail <laughs> so soon if, we have yeah, got dark vader in number four just i think just, sorry uh sora and donald and goofy versus vader that's uh kingdom hearts four confirmed <laughs> I was, you know, I, I was hoping that was going to be Kingdom Hearts 3 because at that point, like when it was still in development, they had Star Wars and Marvel, right? So like, yeah, Big Hero 6 showed up and that is technically a Marvel property, but I was really hoping that it would be like an Avengers level or like a Star Wars level. I mean, how easy would it have been to do like the Death Star with the gummy ship? Yeah, that's right. true. And the X-Wing, right now, gears are turning for Lucasfilm Games. Oh yeah, let's let's not give let's not give Lucas or Square Enix any ideas. Let's hope they're uh, not kidnapping any of the studio devs, putting them in one room, going like, you know, make Star make Wars this. do it. <laughs> Start cracking the whip on them. Make the game do it. Do it. They get they get they get Indy's iconic whip and they just start. Get to work. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, moving on from that uh, that whirlwind of a topic. So we got some uh, we got some uh, a little trailer for um, the uh, Mario 3D World uh, Bowser's Fury um, like add on. Um, and for, for what it looks like to me is kind of like one big uh, or even like medium sized like world or like area kind of akin to like mario odyssey um that you can sort of run around in and do stuff and then like at the end of it you have to fight this like kaiju sized bowser um you know so it's a it's a very like different sort of uh or interpretation i guess of the gameplay because you know um for 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 those who are kind of unaware, there there are two different like forms of Mario games, right? You know, you've got your course clear Mario's, which are like you know your standard uh, like Mario, uh, you know Mario one, two, and three, like New Super Mario, where like sort of the objective is just sort of to get to the end of the level and that's it, right? And then you have your you know your 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 exploration Mario games where. You know, you have these big worlds to jump around in and and every sort of like time you go back to it, it's like a new objective. Um, so like 3D World is is a is a very like, is, is, you know, a very traditional course clear Mario, albeit kind of like a semi 3D yeah. one, right? Yeah. 
So to sort of, I guess, like, and and that's the thing that kind of confuses me about this whole thing because, like, Mario 3D World's um, controls are very, um, like, simplistic, I want to say, insofar that, like, they feel like they're sort of, like, limited. Like, you know, Mario doesn't do the triple jump. Um, I'm not sure if, if if the side flip was included in it. I think it is. Wasn't the triple wasn't the triple jump in there? I thought it was. I don't know. No, it's been a while since it's I've not, it. it's 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 not because every character jumps. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. The side um, jump, I think, was. I, I spell, I, it's, side jump is. There. I think the side jump is there. The the backflip, I think, is there. Um, and the wall jump is there. But like it's just it's just the way that like Mario controls also like he he doesn't feel as as um as fluid as he does in like you know the more like exploration based Mario's so like you know it it, it kind of feels like he's very um like rigid and like every sort of like he rigid he Mario <laughs> <laughs> well well what I from what I mean by a punish snake comes rigid Mario. Rigid Mario. <laughs> what I mean by that is that, like, when you play, so when you play like Mario sixty four, Mario Sunshine, and uh, even like Galaxy to a certain degree, and like Odyssey, what you'll notice when when you move Mario is that like, like when you sort of like turn like the like when you sort of like move the joystick all the way to the side, like as Mario turns he kind of tilts his whole body. Um, and that was like a very like deliberate thing that, uh, that Miyamoto like helped design because like his whole thing was like, was trying to get Mario's like, like, like his whole like form um, as you see it on the TV to sort of like reflect like the, the, the movement of the joystick. Right. So there's that connection between what you're seeing and like what you're feeling as you like move the stick. Mm. But like, in in 3D world and even even kind of like uh, the like 3D land because it was on you know the 3DS where you had a D pad and you didn't have um or no sorry you didn't have a D pad you had that that really like that really like restrictive joystick right it didn't like it didn't move like a traditional joystick like Mario feels very like 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 his body always stays on a 90 degree angle and like as you sort of like turn him he just sort of like like turns on a dime right to sort of face where he's facing kind of like the way he moved in like uh, mario rpg <laughs> oh, okay yeah it's like it's like he's moving on a on a on a on a like on a you know um i guess one two three four five six seven like an eight degree like axis but it never really feels like you have that fluidity and it kind of works in mario 3d land um because you know it's it was a it was a sort of the way it was designed was very fitting for the system that it was on. Um, it bothered me a lot in Mario 3D World because it didn't feel like it you know gelled with the with the whole system. Um, and now that you're implementing it into this sort of like open world, I like, I just I don't know. It just feels like you're, you're you're you made an Odyssey level with th- 3D World's terrible controls. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess we'll kind of have to see how it, if it plays, like if it, if it, if it has that same gameplay or the same controls, right? Because like it, it looks like mm-hmm. it's in the Odyssey engine, um, as opposed to the 3D World engine. Like it looks, it, it, I, I was generally surprised when they showed the footage because I, I, I figured it was going to be like 
you know, a pack of levels where you play as Bowser or like fight. Bowser That's what I thought. Something too. like that, like something simple like that. But I was, this is like a whole new, this could have almost been a standalone game, at least in concept. It's almost uh, as if Nintendo wants to make a new game, but they don't want to. So they're doing this through Super Mario 3D Land, which pretty much set the basis for a generic 3D Mario game. Or like Odyssey well, DLC or something. <laughs> yeah, so the audio, Odyssey DLC that we never got. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're working on the next Mario. Of like, of course they are, right? They, it's like they always are. Um, the same way they said, like, even like the the development for Breath of the Wild two started like immediately after Breath of the Wild one, right? Like, um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I it, it it looks fun enough. I like I like the fact that Bowser Junior is there. Um, I always love when like the Koopas start getting involved. You know, some of the best games I think, um have you like either like playing as bowser or like working together with bowser or something like um now I, i'm not sure if they said it because i i couldn't really find anything about it but like if if this, a second player can jump in and control bowser jr yes actually they, a, they put out a longer seven minute trailer for the whole package yesterday um oh okay. and uh yeah the uh, second player can use a joy con to control bowser jr so that's kind of a, a neat content itself too that is kind of cool yeah that's super cool um I like that he. I, I definitely like that he still has his, his paintbrush. Oh yeah, like know, that's, he's that's, drawing platforms and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, right. That, that that that's like his iconic thing, right? From Sunshine. Yeah, and and so, and uh, so the, the, the whole point of it is to clean that giant bell from the trailer, and that's a like that's what that's what unlocks his what they call it, Mega Cat Mario for Giga Cat Mario form or something like that, like that to actually take Bowser on. So the, the, the Super Saiyan uh, 2. Super Saiyan 2 cat form. The, the, there's, oh, there's, there's some kind of like time element where like uh, after, after a certain amount of time, they say uh, Bowser goes on that rage thing and will eventually reset. Um, so so I guess so, so if you even if you're not like ready for it, he'll just start coming after you. Yeah, and you'll you'll have to kind of run away, I guess, is my understanding. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Survival mode. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I, I think I've, I think I might have said it before, but um, like Mario 3D World might be like one of my least favorite Mario games. Oh, really? Like, I I never thought it was bad, but it like is probably one of the most forgettable Mario games that I've played. <laughs> um, but but you know, um, I, I got a niece now. And I've, like, kind of been getting her into Super Mario. Like, she, you know, she does, like, know who she is. And she does, like, kind of like Mario. Um, yeah, I, I got the little Lego Mario. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Until I have my own kid. And I can I can make uh, him or her like Super Mario as much as I do. Oh, um, but, you know, I have, the little, I have the little Lego Mario set right now. And, you, like, a, a lot of times, every time she'll, like, she'll come over to the house, she'll just be like, oh, it's like, Zio, can I, can we play with the Mario thing? And I'm just like, yeah, of course we can. Um and the thing is too is that now like uh, she 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 really loves cats like she's so into like kitty cats so part of me like just wants to get 3D World again so I can like have a Mario game that I can play with her that's like kind of like easy to get into even for little kids and there's cats involved with it too and she'll like really get a kick out of that um, but you know I'm I'm definitely more I'm more interested in getting it again too for this like next level thing just to see what it's all about and I'm sure like. You know, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Now, you know, also I, I was thinking about it um, you know, because I was thinking about um 
can't remember who I was talking about it with on on the podcast before, where I was kind of saying um, how uh, uh, Paper Mario Color Splash, like I didn't, I wasn't a super huge fan of it, just because of like a lot of the things that, that they tried to do that felt like they were they were taking a lot of elements from Sticker Star. And, you know, part of the reason why I love Sticker Star so much is because of, like, how well-designed it is for a portable system and whether or not, like, if they por- if they brought over Color Splash to the Switch, like, if my opinion of it would change because now it's on a portable console and, like, would it work differently? Um, and I think, I think a lot of that might be the same thing, too, for 3D World. Like, I liked 3D Land a lot, um, and a big part of that is... I think because of like how how well designed it does feel for a handheld system, um, it's it, it, you know and it's it's a huge shame that they didn't actually implement the 3D element a lot of it in into it too because there's only like one or two things where like you actually need to turn the 3D on to like do some like precision platforming and it actually like genuinely works. Yeah, I was kind of. I was kind of the opposite with 3D World because I I played the, the 3DS ones and thought the, you know it's it's Mario is solid enough, but 3D World I thought was one of the better ones they've they put out recently. So I was definitely excited when they when they announced this. Like it's 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 one of those Switch games that didn't or one of those Wii U games sorry that didn't give a, like a fair shake because the system was so plagued. Um, yeah. And, well, I, and same thing too with my, with my daughter. Like I, like I, I showed her the trailer, and she also loves cats. So uh, I think we're going to be getting this one to to, to get yeah. around the Mario games as well. Well, I mean that's that, and that's my thing too. Like you know, I, I'm I'm wondering if like replaying 3D World on like a a system that it like is like you know more like you know geared towards portability as well like whether that that will change my opinion of it like if it if it just feels better on a on a system that you can sort of like put down and pick up at any moment right like part of the reason why i thought um 3d world yeah was like kind of like not so great was that yeah because you're playing it on this like sit down console that you have to really like dedicate time and space to right like whereas like 3d land definitely felt more geared to like oh so you know you pick it up you, you know you play a level you know while you're on a bus and then you know you put it back down and you know pick it up again the next day um i mean when you take the bite-sized levels from 3d world and 3d land i think that's something that's definitely going to work on switch like it'll naturally feel like a console experience because you have that like bare bones 3d platforming that's fun enough to do on the go and when you're just on the hmm. spot yeah i i think so too and and, and that, that is a lot of it too right like like 3d 3d land like the whole the sort of like the the 3d like quote unquote like element of it like where the levels are built as like a 3d a semi like or like i say a 2.5d mario as opposed to like a proper like like mario odyssey um i think that's part of what bugged me about it too right like that like that kind of design worked on something like the ds but then when you sort of bring it to a, a system like the wii u which could like do a lot more and make things a lot bigger like you just end up getting this game that feels like a like kind of restrictive in a way because you have like these like sort of like you know semi open levels that are that are like 3d in essence but they're not really 3d right like you're still sort of on a track to a certain degree mm-hmm. yeah and part of why I, I think i like 3d world more too is because i played the new super mario bros u or whatever the hell they call that confusingly named one um and that felt like like 
I, I, don't, I don't think they made like a bad Mario game, but they have made kind of bland and forgettable ones. And that was definitely in the bland and forgettable camp for me. Yeah. So then like 3D World was like a breath of fresh air after that, personally. Um, well, well that, was in, that was in the era where basically like everyone was just like kind of, you know, the consensus was that the only thing people wanted was more Super Mario 3. So like every game Nintendo was making at the time was like, here, it's more, look, there's a Super Mario, new Super Mario 2 on the DS. You get a Tanuki suit again. Like, here's new Super Mario Bros. U. Here's the Mario 3D World, which kind of feels like Mario 3. It's even got the death su- music when, you know, when you die. Like, here, here's the 3D World, or yeah, 3D Land 2 on 3DS, where you just grab all the coins. You like coins, don't you? Oh, my God. That, yeah, that was that was annoying. That's another one. That was just like, I was just like, really? Like, this is the best you can do. Um. Yeah, so I don't know, but like I said, I, you know, it, it it upset me a little bit because yeah, like as much as as much as 3D Land didn't do it, like and, and it, you know there was like little moments where they did it. It was the whole like idea of the 3D uh, element in like the, you know with the that came with the 3DS. Like I'll never I'll never forget how like blown my mind was when like. There was like a small little like bonus area that like you you wind up in a pipe, and uh, if you have the 3D turn off, you have the 3D turned off. You have like these blocks that just look like they were like assembled in a certain way, but like when you try to jump on them, you realize that they're, they 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 don't exist in like that 3D space. It's only when you actually turn the 3D on that you they they, they like take shape, and you see that they like where they actually are in the room. And I was like. This is such a good idea. <laughs> Nintendo they, like, is really good with that 3D. They took oh my, advantage of that, knowing well they can trip people out. I know, but that's that's the thing is that they like they didn't do it like any other time. There's only maybe like one or two other like areas where you actually need to have the 3D turned on to like see where like blocks are to be able to like jump to them. Like every like, the game was just was kind of just built like after that to like not incorporate the 3D really that much. And it was so upsetting. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's Mario for you. So plus more, ami- plus yeah. more amiibos, so hey, fun. That's fun to do. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I might I might even get my niece one of those. Maybe get her like the cat Mario or something. Yeah, the, uh, like the every cat Mario every occasion get her an amiibo. <laughs> the the so cat Mario play. one will let you spawn a white cat suit. It's 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 like the Tanuki suit, but uh, it's, yeah, the invincibility. The Peach one will spout out like random power ups. So oh, that's there's, cool. there's actual different purposes for them too. And the Bowser and Bowser Junior ones come back out again too. They're I'm not sure what they're supposed to do, but uh, they'll play a role in Bowser's Fury, I think. The the Mario series one or the uh, like Smash. Uh, suit? Did Bowser Junior get a Mario series one or did he just get the Smash one? I feel like it was just. Smash. Because I, I I know I've got a Smash Bowser Jr., but I've got yeah the Mario Bowser one. I don't. I, they didn't specify which models, but uh, either way, they'll be getting reprinted as well with some kind of special purpose. Oh, I think I think uh, I just looked it up now. I think it's it's the Smash ones. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I, th- I don't think Bowser Jr. got a got a, a Mario series one. Not as far as I remember. No, I think it was like the Wa Luigi Wa. Wario ones and yeah, uh, Peach and Daisy and Rosalina, I think, and um, yeah. Plus, uh, Rosalina is unlockable in 3D World uh, 
for the dedicated yeah. to pick it up. So that's uh, that, was, that, that, that was where that was where the game got really fun for me. Actually, was in, in those levels trying oh, to I love that, yeah. So and Rosalina is like one of my favorite characters in Mario. So getting to play as her was was really great. It's a shame that she's like not like they wouldn't just like have her be available from the start because she's not even like that hard to unlock. It's just like it's like the first bonus stage you get. She's like the second level, and then once you beat it, you get her. Yeah, something like that. But that that whole that whole post game area was like some of the most fun I thought, or the most challenging. Yeah, they were they were pretty good. Agreed. Yeah, it's, it'll be it'll be good. We got that, and and, and we even got. Um, what was it uh, Pokemon Snap has a release date now? Oh right, yeah, they announced that this morning. Yeah, busy spring. It's going to be, uh, be uh, April, April. I think like twenty sixth. I think it said or the thirtieth. I think was it the thirtieth? I I I I wanted to say thirtieth initially, but then I was like, that can't, that can't be right. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a busy spring for Switch. All of a sudden, like you got this Mario in a month and bravely yeah. default. Yeah, no, you're right. For the JRPG crew, and then. And snap, so yeah. Yeah, what yeah. I think yeah, is you were right. It is, it is the thirtieth. Yeah, I think that a lot of delayed stuff from twenty twenty is finally coming out of the pipeline for twenty twenty one. So this has to be a year where a lot of games just come out and nonstop. We're talking probably double or even triple the amount of games that came out this year or last year. Yeah, and 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 hopefully, like you know. Um people sort of like understand now a little bit better too, like how to, how to, how to like work properly, like through, through COVID. Cause this, uh, this ain't going away anytime soon, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not by the way it's looking. Oof, we're in it for the long haul. But Hey, yeah, Razor has your back gamers. Razor's got <laughs> your back. RGB mask. Yeah. Get the Razor mask with the filters and the ports for your gamer fuel. It's so stupid. I, I hate it, but I kind of want one. Yeah. I kind of want one too. They look cool. <laughs> it's got a lot of smart features in it, including sounding like Bane. It's got that voice mask filter thing. Does it actually shut up? Not like actual Bane, but it'll project your voice. <laughs> there is a voice say. projection thing. Yeah. Yeah, like if you want to sound like Bane, you could just put a coffee cup or any cup over your mouth right now. I would have that would have been so great if it literally just made you go like I was born in it. (laughs) You think RGB was your ally? I was born in it, molded by it. It was only until I discovered the PS5 that I really decided to leave PC. By then, I was blinded by all the exclusives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm telling you guys i mean it's a weird life hack thing you put a, any empty cup over your mouth you can sound like pain. Bit, i just do it naturally how many times have you watched the dark knight rises that you like knew it that well <laughs> like um, i saw it in a comedy sketch one time and thought you know i'm gonna find a way to do that and this was the way to do it. But you, oh, it you know what? I, I, I expected so much more Bane this past year with everyone wearing masks all the time. Like I thought, I, I thought it'd be like a resurgence of Bane. It never happened. Something yeah. Oh, I mean, I love yeah. the Dark Knight Rises. Like it's the ultimate comeback story. Like it was so impossible, but 
every time I want to feel motivated or something, I just think about how <laughs> he got beat up. He comes out of that well and kicks Bane's ass. I was wondering what would break first, your body or your spirit. <laughs> I was wondering what you would buy first. The PS5 or the Xbox Series X. <laughs> oh, man. Jordan's loving oh. it. I am. I am. Uh, but with that, I think... Uh, I think we are going to bring this podcast to a close. Yep, and one more th- one more thing. At the time of recording, right now, even if you don't have a computer, you can pick up Star Wars Battlefront 2 Celebration Edition completely free on the Epic Games Store. No strings attached. The podcast is not sponsored by Epic Games. No strings attached yep, except being Epic Games. At all. Yeah, except having to make an Epic Games account. <laughs> like, I already have the game, so what do you got to lose? But still, um, for a lot of people who don't have PCs yet or are looking to build a PC, it's like it's nice to build up this free uh, library of games so that you'll have something waiting for you by the time you're done building a computer or something. I'll stick to the classic <laughs> Battlefront 2 on Steam. Thank you very much. <laughs> So your your PC has has RGB lights. You think this gives you power over me? <laughs> All right. I picked up. I think I picked up that, and I picked up uh, Kotor too. Uh, like last year, or like a couple years ago, there was like a massive like Star Wars sale. I think it might have been around the time Force Awakens was coming out. There was yeah. a massive Star Wars sale, so like both those games were like 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 three dollars each. So I was like done. Yeah. <laughs> Every Steam sale, like it comes down. I think there's a, like the collection goes on sale and uh, individual games and all that. I just wanted the I just wanted to have Kotor because I was like maybe I could put like mods on it and make it like a somewhat like playable game. Oh, the, the mod <laughs> community is strong with with Kotor. Yeah, Kotor two at least. Yeah, I've been I've been really waiting for it because I really I really loved Kotor two. Uh, I didn't play Kotor one because I I, I I the first time I played Kotor was or Kotor two was like on the Xbox way back in the day. Um, but I've heard I've heard a lot of people say Kotor one like isn't that great. Like apparently Kotor two is a lot better in terms of gameplay. I think story wise, people say Kotor one is better. Story, yeah, story is definitely because Kotor one is a complete, <laughs> it's a complete finished narrative. Whereas two, yeah, I, yeah. I understand was was rushed out, and I, I never finished two myself. But anyways, My poor poor Obsidian was always working under the gun. They could come back from it. Who knows, right? Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this whole uh, this new. Uh... This new Star Wars brand. But that is all from us today. Uh, If you want, well, first of all, thank you for listening. Um, If you want to check out any of the stories that we talked about today, you can find them at cgmagonline.com. If you want to follow us on any of the socials, you can check us out at cgmagonline. That's Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, I think. I mean, who uses Facebook anymore these days? Um, if you want to find me anywhere, you can check me out at Twitter at NinjaJordan underscore. And you can find me on YouTube at Ninja Reviews. Just don't search Ninja Reviews because it won't come up because I don't have enough content out there yet to like SEO boost it. Just search uh, Ninja Jordan Plays. It's a lot more stuff will come up that way. Uh, <laughs> Chris, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hoogathy, that's H-O-O-G-A-T-H-Y, or on Twitch at Guild2Taps. And Clement, what about you? You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram as the Instaword. That's it. Oh, awesome. Well, 
Thank you again for listening and uh, remember to stay inside and stay safe and to obviously always wear a mask and keep listening to great podcasts by great people.